Today I want to bring a message to you and as you can see on the screen behind me, I want to talk about justification. And so often when we talk about justification or this word justify, quite often people think it's just as if I'd never sinned. Well, that's, that's kind of on the right track, but there is so much more to justification than just as if we'd never sinned. Let's have a read from Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, or by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So this, this scripture is telling us that we need to get away from the law. We need to get away from doing things in a lawful kind of a manner. Because today, folks, and in these days since the Holy Spirit has come, Pentecost, we no longer live under the law. We no longer live by judgment or by death, but we live in a time of grace. A time of grace, a time that we have the opportunity to repent as we did through our communion service, an opportunity to repent for our sins, repent for our wrongdoings and repent for those things that we need to shed off of our life. And so justification becomes important. I was reading in my Strong's Concordance a definition of justification. It says to be freed, to declare, to pronounce one just, to be righteous or such as one should be. To be justified means reckoning the guilty before God. Each of us come before God with a certain amount of guilt. We're born into a life of sin. This world is racked with sin and we live in this sinful environment. It happened in the Garden of Eden. The devil came along, Adam and Eve were tempted and sin entered their hearts and sin has been entering the hearts of mankind ever since. That makes us guilty, guilty of sin before God and with guilt, comes punishment. But Jesus has taken our punishment for us. And I want to share a few things about what justification is not. Justification is not the law. Even in the time of the Ten Commandments with Moses and the, the children of Israel, they had the law, but there was no justification for that. No justification for the things they did wrong. There was punishment. A justification is not men's righteousness. We can be as righteous and as holy in any religion we like, but that will not justify us before God. Justification is not human works. Okay? We cannot be justified before God by human works. We can do all sorts of things. And we can 
cut a load of wood for somebody or we can do somebody's shopping or we can drive them into town and help them out. But doing these human works will not cause us to be justified before God. And justification is not faith mixed with works. Faith mixed with works is not the kind of faith that God requires. For it is impossible to please God without faith. But the faith God wants is our faith towards him. Not faith in other people. Not faith in institutions. Not faith in occupation. Not faith in finance. Not faith with any of these kinds of works. But faith in Jesus Christ. It's through his blood that we are justified. It is through the blood of Jesus. Now, Jesus' blood had special qualities. Jesus' mother was an earthly lady, but his father was the Holy Spirit. Now, when a child is conceived, the blood of that child is made up between the mother and the father. So we can see here that Jesus' blood had a mixture of earthly blood and divine blood from the Godhead. This gave Jesus' blood special qualities. Yes, his blood went around his body and carried the oxygen and the nutrients and everything to keep his human form alive. But Jesus' blood also had a divine quality and that divine quality allows his blood to wash us as white as snow, to wash away the sin, to atone for our sin as Jesus did on the cross. And Romans 5, 9, and we're reading today from the New Century Version, says that, so through Christ we will surely be saved from God's anger because we have been made right with God by the blood of Christ's death. God's anger is related to sin. God's anger is related to sin. And the punishment for sin is death. But Jesus took our death for us. We no longer will have that spiritual death, but we will reign with him. We will reign with him on high. Justification is not only through the blood of Christ. Justification is also through his resurrection. And Romans 4.25 says, Jesus was given to die for our sins. And he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. He was raised from the dead to make us right with God. I don't know of any other prophets that have died and risen again. It's only Jesus and he's the only way to the Father. He's the only way to the heaven, to heaven. And if Jesus had not been raised from the dead, then there would be no justification and no purification from our sins. And justification is also through his righteousness. Christ ended the law and the law was fulfilled through Christ. But it says here in Romans 10.4, Christ ended the law so that everyone who believes in him may be right with God. 
I'm wondering this word righteousness. It's an interesting word. And I did look it up in the dictionary, in the Bible, in the Strongs. And basically it says, doing what is right according to God's precepts, according to God's set of rules, according to the scripture. Doing what is right according to the scripture. That is what God wants for us. And everyone who believes in God may be right with him. We're to be clothed. We're not to be clothed with rags or dirty clothes or uncleanliness, but we're to be clothed with the robe of righteousness. And it's through Christ's ascension and his resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit and his death that we can be clothed with that robe of righteousness. Justification is also through his faith. Read with me Romans 3, 26 to 27. And God gave Jesus to show today that he does what is right. That he does what is right. We also have to do what is right. We also have to do what is right. And how do we know what is right? And how do we know what is right from wrong? Because we have the Bible. We have God's instructions. This is basic instructions before leaving earth. And we have the book. We have the manual. We have the instructions. And we know what is right and we know what is wrong because of God's book, because of the Bible and also because of the conviction that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. That's how we know what is right and what is wrong. God did this so that he could judge rightly and so that he could make right any person who has faith in Jesus. I find it hard to understand, but we've done wrong. We've done wrong right from our birth. We've done wrong from the Garden of Eden and we've angered God in regards to sin and sinfulness. And yet, God wants to make us right. That's grace. That is grace. So do we have a reason to brag about ourselves? No. There's nothing that we can do to enter heaven. Nothing we can do on our own, in our own efforts to enter heaven. There's nothing we can... It's a free gift. And freedom cannot be bought with money. It is the way of faith, folks, that stops all bragging not the way of trying to obey the law. You can try hard to obey the law and you might obey some, but I guarantee there'll be some where you slip up. And where the law is concerned, there is punishment. But we don't go by the way of the law because it's been fulfilled 
Jesus fulfilled the law in carrying our sin to the cross, taking our death and rising again on that third day. I want to talk to you briefly about six fruits of justification. Yes, justification has its own kind of fruit or benefit. Number one, the forgiveness of sins. Isn't that wonderful, folks? The forgiveness of sin. Imagine living your life with so much sin in your life. Imagine even if you lived in the times of the Israelites long, long ago in the Old Testament times when you had to hold on to your sin for 12 months before it was atoned for. But folks, we have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven. Not Sunday, or not just on a Sunday, but on a Monday and a Wednesday, any day and any time. The law could not forgive us of our sins, but we are set totally free from our sins through Jesus Christ. The first fruit, forgiveness of sins. The second fruit is peace. Peace, this is not the inner peace I'm talking about. I'm talking about peace with God. Because if your attitude and if the sin you have in your heart is not dealt with, then God's anger will burn against you and you risk not going to heaven. But justification gives us that peace, that communication, that goodness good relationship between us and God and in the sense of what we're no longer or we're no longer at war with God. Number three, the third fruit of justification is holiness. Our life is now only for God and this gives us life evermore. Yes, folks, we are sold out to God. Life, normal life, worldly life, it doesn't matter anymore. We are sold out for God. God is number one. If God is not number one on your list, you have a problem. You have a problem. And so many people put finance or occupation or marriage or lots and lots of things and God becomes number two or three or four or maybe number seven and we just see God on a Sunday, it's not good enough, folks. Imagine if you could only have heaven one day a week. Well, it wouldn't even come to that because you're either through the pearly gate or you're not. Number four, imputed righteousness. This is an interesting word, isn't it? Imputed righteousness. Christ had no sin, folks, but God made him become sin so that in Christ we could become right with God. We're getting back onto this story of righteousness that we've talked about before. Number five, outward righteousness. And we can be the kind of people that the law wants us to be. We can be the kind of people that the law wants us to be. That is, people who obey the law. Yes, we obey. And Jesus summed up the law in two commands, didn't he? 
Love the Lord God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength, with all of your being, and love your neighbour as yourself. And this summarises the Ten Commandments. The law has a purpose. The purpose of the law is to prevent us from committing sin. But now that the law has been fulfilled, we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. And this is what the law wants us to be, to be people who receive that conviction and who deal with that conviction and who offer to God repentance and who receive from God his forgiveness. That's what the law wants us to be today. We're not worshippers of the law as such as in the Old Testament times. But not living our lives following our sinful selves, but following the Spirit. And that's what we must do. We must follow the Spirit. And number six, eternal life. Being made right with God ensures that we receive eternal life. And folks, we need to be made right with God. And Jesus has done that. He has made us right with God. Right with God. God's anger no longer burns against those who have received salvation, who have repented of their sin, who have received Jesus' forgiveness. But instead, he has invited us to go back to his house. Not for a week, not for a year. We're not even going to heaven for a million years. We will not go to heaven for 10 million years, but we will go to heaven and be with God for all of eternity. Amen. For all of eternity. And actually this statement got me thinking because I was reading in the scriptures where in heaven there is no night, there is no sun, for God's light is enough in heaven. And if there is no night time, does that mean heaven is just one big, long, eternal day? Wow. It's hard to imagine, hard to conceive in the mind. But the things of God surely do astound the minds of mankind. Once we accept Christ, there are four evidences that become apparent in our life as believers. Four evidences once we accept Christ. First one is works by faith. Someone might say, you have faith, but I have deeds. Show me your faith without doing anything and I will show you my faith by what I do. So I see this in terms of ministry. We have faith in God. We have faith to believe God. And as we exercise that faith, we're told at the end of Matthew 28 to go into all the world. Preach the gospel, make disciples, share the good news. That's the works that God wants us to do. And we do those things through faith in Christ. What about wisdom? But the wisdom that comes from God is first of all pure, then peaceful, gentle and easy to please. Have you heard of wisdom 
that is peaceful and gentle and easy to please. When I look around, I see people that are low on this kind of wisdom. Uh, Folks, we need to get with the program. We need to get with God's program and use that godly wisdom, not for our own benefit, not to make great decisions for our own lives, but to plan great strategies for the ministry that God lays upon our heart. This wisdom is always ready to help those who are troubled and to do good for others. God's wisdom is always fair, always fair and always honest. What about patience? You too must be patient. Do not give up hope because the Lord is coming soon. Folks, we live in the last days. We do, don't we? We absolutely live in the last days. Do we we know that Jesus is coming soon? Do not give up hope because the Lord is coming. Remain patient. Remain patient. And what about suffering? Number four. Brothers and sisters, follow the example of the prophets who spoke for the Lord. And folks, there are many prophets, Moses, more than minor prophets. There are many prophets, John the Baptist. And we need to follow the example of those great prophetic patriarchs of Scripture. Elijah, Elisha, all of these people spoke for the Lord. You didn't, you know, Elijah, uh, Elisha, barbecued the cattle, left the plough and went and followed God. He left his occupation as a farmer and he went and followed God. He spoke for the law. You don't hear him in the scriptures. You don't hear him speaking about, oh, the old days or, oh, yes, I I ploughed five acres a day or, or we had so many cattle and we did this and did that. No, these prophets spoke for the Lord and that's what we should do. We don't need to tell people all about worldly, mundane things, but when we go about our business, we also go about the Lord's business and we speak for the Lord and we speak on behalf of the Lord. And many of these prophets suffered many hard things, but they were patient. But they were patient. We also suffer hardship from time to time. And even now in these days of of COVID-19 and coronavirus sweeping the world, first China, Italy, Spain, Europe, US, Australia, every part of the world, put your faith in God. Trust God. Be patient. Things don't look too flash on the outside. But on the inside, there's a revival happening. Folks, there is a revival happening. And normally we have about 20 or 25 folk in this assembly, in this church. But today we're streaming live and we're reaching even far more people. We could be reaching 60, 80, 100 people potentially. So... I'm saying about this virus that has shut down the churches. The churches are reaching out. So many have gone online and doing live streaming. This message, 
the message of God, the message of the gospel, the message of salvation is getting out there in even greater capacity than perhaps ever has in the history of this world. I'm going to wrap it up, folks. The application to this message is to receive salvation. Receiving salvation, though, is not enough. We must also maintain our salvation. We need to maintain our salvation. We can get discouraged. We can backslide. We can become complacent. But we don't have to. But sometimes those things come upon us. But I want to encourage you to always maintain a constant vigil on your salvation and your relationship with God. At the end of the day, our justification presents us to the Father and all that he has for us. Helen, would you come and close off in prayer? I thank you for listening today, folks. It's been an honour and a privilege to present to you live streaming through Facebook today. We're going to do it Wednesday nights at 7pm and also on Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning at 11am, at least until the world gets back to normal, whatever normal is. But I'm going to ask my wife, Helen, if she'll close our service in prayer. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you with thanksgiving for the word that we've heard, Lord, that has impacted our lives and that, Lord, you wanted us to know this and to learn this. Despite what is happening, Jehovah, you have been so faithful. You've sent the word for us to hear. And I believe that, Lord, this is what you wanted us to hear today, Lord. We pray that in the name of Jesus that, Lord, we are going to change our ways and look upon you and live according to how the word has spoken to us. Lord, we magnify your holy name. We pray that in the name of Jesus, even as we end this week and start the following week, Jehovah, your protection shall be with us, King of glory. Father, we pray that in the name of Jesus, that Lord, you shall keep on encouraging us, uplifting us, Jehovah, guiding us in each and every way. We pray that even in this epidemic, that Lord, you are going to take us through to the other side and that soon, we shall love life as normal. God, we honor you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for your servant. Thank you, Lord, for using him to minister to us. Thank you even for protecting him that he was able to minister to us. We pray that, Lord, you are going to be with him, bless him, guide him, and even bless his family. We honor you and we uplift your holy name, Jehovah. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app, you can listen to more and great messages from Wattle City Church. Thanks heaps and God bless.